Good morning. Man, it is great to be back here again. I have missed this place. I told Sandy, I've only preached here four times, but it feels like home. You guys are so loving and so welcoming, and I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. If you have your Bibles with you, let's turn to Mark chapter 16. I'm going to read the verses that we're going to be going over this morning. Is everybody there? All right. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they may go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. And it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and they fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Join me in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you for every single person that is here this morning and for every person that is watching, Lord. God, I just pray that you use this filter of a man today, Lord, to proclaim your truth. God, I pray that the ears would be open and that hearts would be open to receive this. God, I just thank you for your word that penetrates our hearts. God, we thank you for Jesus Christ who took our place on the cross for our sin. And that God, we place our faith in Him. We thank You and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So first of all, I don't know about you guys, but the angel said, do not be alarmed. (laughs) If I see an angel, (laughs) I'm going to be alarmed. I'm going to be afraid. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. God sends an angel. It's for a good reason. It's for a very good reason. He's going to send us a message through an angel. I'm going to be very alarmed. I might even pass out. I don't know. But he tells him, He has risen. He has risen. Can I tell you that as Christians, this is where we hang our hat. This is what separates us from every religion that there is, is that our God is risen. The rest of their gods are in the grave. Or they're just plain fake. It's one of the two, but our God has risen. He is not here, the angel said. He is not here. See the place where they laid Him. It was empty. He said, but go. 
And any time scripture says, but, we're going to go with the change of direction. We're going to change our focus. He says, but go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. And there you will see him just as he told you. So my question this morning is, why Peter? Why did he separate out Peter? Of all people, why Peter? Why not John, the one he loved? Or why not James? Why did he single out Peter? You guys know much history about Peter. Peter was this guy that would speak before he thought. Do you guys have friends like that? You take them places and you go, Oh, I hope he don't say anything. Oh, That was Peter. That was Peter. Peter was this guy that always spoke before he thought. Or he was always boasting. He was always one that did that. So why Peter? Was it because he was more special than the others? I mean, no, he wasn't. It wasn't because Peter was more special. No, not at all. Think about what had just taken place before the crucifixion and the death of Jesus. So we're going to move back some pages to Mark 14. We're going to spend some time in Scripture today. Because honestly, God speaks so much better than I do. And in 14.26, Jesus foretells Peter's denial. We're going to read this. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Just as he had told them, right? That's what it said in 16. And Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And there's Peter speaking up. He says, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. What transpires just after this? We move forward to where Jesus prays in Gethsemane. And he tells them, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John, and he began to greatly be distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. What happens a little bit later? He came and he found them sleeping. He came and he found them sleeping. Who does he call out? He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? You had this one thing I wanted you to do. Yeah, one task. Could you not do that? Could you not stay awake for one hour? For one hour. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, and saying the same words, and again he came and found them sleeping with their eyes very heavy. 
That's twice. That's twice. They did not know how to answer him. And he came the third time and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Three times he has caught them asleep. Three times. He said, Is it enough the hour has come? The Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Mm. They could not even stay awake. And he called out Peter very first. Peter, can you not stay awake? You had one chore. How many of you ever told your kids, you have one thing that I asked you to do? One thing. One thing. I asked one thing from you. <laughs> we know that because we've all been there. <laughs> Did you catch the part in the earlier scripture where he says that they would all be scattered? And they all did flee. They all did. But Peter did not stay gone. Peter did not stay gone. What happened next at the, is at Jesus before the council in verse 53. Peter followed from a distance. And they led Jesus to the high priest. And all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. And Peter followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. Peter wasn't right beside him. Peter wasn't going along with him. Peter was way back just kind of seeing what's going on. Did not want to be noticed. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priest and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to the death. But they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And if we go on down, and the high priest stood up in the mist and asked Jesus, have you no answer to make? This is what these men testify against you. And he says, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and come in with the clouds of heaven. So what happens next? As Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls, this is just a servant girl, one of the servant girls of the high priest came and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you are also one of, with the Nazarene Jesus. But he denied it saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. And the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystander, this man is one of them. But again he denied it. And after a little while, the bystander said to Peter, certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear I do not know this man of who you seek. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And what does it say he did? He remembered what Jesus told him. And he broke down and he wept. It doesn't say he was a little bothered. It doesn't say that it was just a small infraction. It says he broke down and he wept. 
all of this had came upon him. All of this had landed on him. It brings us back to our text in Mark 16 where Peter has denied the Lord. He's cowering in shame and disillusionment. And this once boastful man is now crushed. He is now crushed and he sees himself as a coward and as a failure. But notice again that in Mark 16, when the angel talks to the women, he leaves a tender message just for Peter. He says, go tell the disciples and Peter. And Peter. He is forgiven. The message is that he is forgiven. Because of the Lord, we have salvation. We have forgiveness and we have freedom. And we have the Holy Spirit that empowers us. There may be some of you here today that walk around with a, with a guilt in your heart from something that's, that you've maybe done many, many years ago. You may be one of those people here today that tells yourself that what I have done is too great a burden. What I have done, you just don't understand, preacher. You don't understand what I've done. It can't be forgiven. And you hold on to it. And you hold on to it. You just keep carrying around that baggage with you. And the enemy just keeps throwing it back in your face. He keeps reminding you of what you've done. And you live it over and you over and over. Can I tell you this? You have not done anything that God has not seen before. You have not done anything that the Lord has not seen before. And I can tell you there's different ways that we deal with our regrets. One is that we ignore them and we say that it never happened. However, this will create in you a guilty spirit that leads into emotional depression. We can rationalize some of the things we've done and we can justify them with reason on why we did what we did. And this route can lead to a cold, hard, and insensitive heart that lacks mercy and compassion. So that's not a good solution either. The third thing we can do is dwell on our regrets. And we can beat ourselves up over and over and over for every bad decision that we've ever made. And this too is a bad route. It leads to a self-absorbed person with low self-worth and just suffering from guilt. Or, the last option, we can release these regrets and give them over to God. Because He forgives. He forgives. He forgave Peter. Peter denied him. Do you think Peter didn't remember that if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before the Father? Do you think all that guilt wasn't rushing into him? The fact he couldn't even stay awake for Jesus when he was told to three times? Over and over. But Jesus forgives. It's the whole reason that He bore our sins on the cross is for forgiveness. It is for forgiveness. And we all need forgiveness. 
And can I tell you, we all need to forgive others. We cannot carry around these burdens. We cannot carry around these burdens. Many of us can relate to Peter. And if we're honest with ourselves, we will admit that there have been times where we have failed the Lord. If we're honest with ourselves, there are times that we have failed the Lord. There are times when we felt that little nudge from the Lord to witness to somebody and we didn't do it. We've all been in that situation as believers. In Acts 2, Luke said that they were all in the upper room and suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing wind and the Holy Spirit comes and they were empowered. That day, Peter, Peter, the one that denied Jesus in front of a few people and a servant girl, stands before a huge crowd and he declares that Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah and He is the Son of God. So what made the difference? What made the difference? How do we have this new Peter? He failed. He repented. He found forgiveness. And because he found forgiveness, he found freedom. And he was empowered by God with the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you that that day, that very day, 3,000 people came to salvation. 3,000! So why Peter? Because God had a plan for him. And can I tell you, if you're sitting here today and you're holding on to something that's keeping you from serving the way you ought to, that's got you bound up in chains, you need to let that go because God has a plan for you. He has a plan for each and every one of us. As believers, can I tell you that we're all ministers. We're all to share the love of Jesus Christ to this lost and dying world. We can do it so much more effectively when we don't have baggage. We can do it so much more effectively when we're not hanging on to things. We can witness to this world the love of Jesus Christ and the very forgiveness that we're referring to. Jesus forgives. God forgives us. That's why He sent His only begotten Son. It's for the forgiveness of sins. All sins. Not only does He forgive them, He forgets them. As far as the east is from the west. If you're sitting there today and you're holding on to something, I pray that during this time of invitation that you spend some time with God. That you spend time with Him. That you release these things if you have them. Because they're holding you back. They're holding you back in the way that you can serve God. They're holding you back. We've all been there. And we've all done this. I pray that each and every one of you have released that and that you have that freedom of forgiveness to fall back on. And if you're sitting there today and you haven't placed your faith in Jesus Christ, I pray that today is that day of salvation.
Today is the day that changes. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23 that all have failed. We have all sinned. Every single one of us. And it tells us that the wages of sin is death. That's what we earn in our sin is death. Eternal separation for God. But it goes on to tell us that the gift of God is salvation through Jesus Christ. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it's a simple solution. It says that you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord. You place your faith in Him. And you believe that God raised Him from the dead just as we went over. If you believe in your heart, then you shall be saved. And it says, for all who call upon the Lord, on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. That's all. That's anyone that decides to make that choice. To place their faith in Jesus Christ. I pray that this morning that some, some part of the scripture stood out to you and has touched your heart. As we get ready to go into this time of invitation. Uh, I know because of COVID, it's hard to get people to want to come pray. Um, But I will meet you after this service, and we can get a distance if you would like to talk or if you'd like for me to pray with you. Maybe you're already a believer, but you haven't followed up in baptism. That offer stands today as well. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. God, we thank you for everyone that's here. God, I pray that your, your word has touched a heart. And God, I pray that as we leave here, that we leave here a different people. God, that we, we think about what you've done for us. God, that we're able to worship you for what you've done for us and for who you are. You are the great I am. And Lord, may we just go and, and, and witness to others your love and your mercy and your grace. Father, that we could, we could be changers of this world. Father, I just pray that if there's anyone here today that does not know you as Lord and Savior, that today's the day of salvation. I pray if there's anyone at home that's been listening to this, that if they have not been saved, if they have not found salvation, that today they place their faith in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. We thank you for this church and the wonderful people in it. In Jesus' name, amen.